The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me and will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. morning. I've got a hypothetical. I've got a pretend question for you. Okay? Are you ready? I'm going to give you a million dollars. A million dollars. A whole lot of money. Now, obviously, this is already pretend, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you a million dollars. What are you going to do with it? Yes. Send most of it to charity. Send most of it to charity. Very good, Solomon. What else? Um, save it for college and a car. Save it for college and a car. Good. Nice. Distribute to churches in the area. I like it. What else? A million dollars. What are you going to do? Put in your piggy bank? That's going to have to be a big piggy. <laughs> or it's, maybe it's just a check and you just fold it up. That'd be good. What else? I feel like you guys are just giving church answers. <laughs> you know what? Well, my dad, when I was growing up, my dad had this really nice truck. It was a 1981 GMC Sierra 2500, heavy duty springs in the back. It was just super plain. I would find that. I would restore it, and I would drive it all around. I'm just kidding. But that's what comes to my head. I've always wanted to drive that truck again. If I had a bunch of money, I could do something like that. But you guys are wise, more wise than I am. You see, just like we've said before, everything we have is ours. Even if it's a gift for, uh, not ours, everything we have is God's. 
even if it's a gift of a million dollars given to us. And you've said very wise things to share it among the churches, to give it to charity, to even save it up and be a good steward of it. Put it in the piggy bank for a rainy day. The character that we have in our story today, Solomon, that's why I called you Solomon. Solomon, he had a similar idea. God came to Solomon and said, I'll grant you something. And Solomon was a young king. He didn't really know what he was doing. He had never been king before. And so he he asked for the wisdom to do what was good for God's people. And God saw that that was good. God gave him that and even more. Now the point of this story isn't that God is like a genie. The point of this story is to see that God grows great things when we're thinking about what we can do for others, when we're considering what God would want us to do with what we have. Over the course of your life, if you hold a steady job, you'll likely make millions of dollars. Did you know that? Over the course of your life, with any luck, you'll probably have millions of dollars pass through your hands. Now, it might not seem like that now if you go home and look at your piggy bank. But it'll happen. Every single dollar that you have that comes through your hands, every single item, every single gift, every single something that comes through your hands that you can do with your hands, that you hold in your hands, that you care for. Think of Solomon. Think of being young and not quite knowing what to do, and I still feel like that too. And then think what... What would God want me to do with this stuff? With the money, with the gifts, with everything else that I have? You can be like a king. You can be like a queen. Think of the good things God would want you to do and do your best to do them. Over time, you'll have a million dollars. What do you think? Do you think that's going to be easy? Maybe, from time to time. But from time to time, you're going to go out. You're going to want to go out and buy like a truck and fix it up. When you feel like that, when you just want to spend the money on yourself, take a moment, pause, think if this is something that you need or just something that you want, and think if if this is the thing that God would do with the money if God had it. From time to time. God does want to spend and invest on you. And from time to time, God wants to spend and invest on others. Talk with your siblings. Talk with your parents. Talk with me. We'll help you figure out what's going on. Should we pray? Let us pray. God, you've given us really good things. We ask that we might use them, like Solomon, as best we can. We might think of you and think of your people and think of all the people in the world. And when we have these good gifts given to us, through our work and through our play and through our gifts and everything else, help us to be wise. 
and help us to give these things as best we can into the purposes of your kingdom. Thank you for being a God that teaches us so young to be so wise. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. There are two subliminary things I think it's important to touch on in this story before we get to Solomon's wish, so to speak. The first is that it begins with the death of King David. King David is someone that we've been following for quite a while over the summer. And even though... David is lifted up to amazing heights in our own scripture. He's referenced as a good king. He is referenced as the epitome of a king. Even though David has been lifted up to those heights, it is important to recognize that David is a human like the rest of us. David had a time of being born. David had a time of living. And David died. We are all, all created the same in this fashion. The kings of our day, the queens of our day, the rulers of our day are like David. They have been born, they will live, and they will die. The same as you and I. I think it's very wise that scripture takes time to point that out to us. Second, I kind of mentioned this before in the children's sermon, but this story is not about God being a genie. This story is not about God being a wish giver. Even though I am always tempted to read it like that. It comes off like that, doesn't it? All of a sudden, God's there offering something. And inside of my mind and inside of my heart, and I imagine I'm not the only one, there's a temptation to figure out, how can I make that happen again? When will God ever ask that again? And why did God ask that? Did God ask Solomon what his wish was because he was important and powerful? Did God ask Solomon what his wish was because he was sitting in the kingship role for Israel, a chosen people? Did God ask Solomon what his wish was because, quite frankly, he already knew the answer and he wanted to lift it up as something good? I don't know. But I am convinced that that's not the important part of the story. The important part of the story, I think, is a thing that matches what we've been hearing about throughout our Old Testament scripture and throughout our lives as faithful people. We see in the early days of the covenant that God has ten commandments for God's people and from those everything else springs. The first three about, is about, are about being in communion with our God. And the next seven are about being in communion with our neighbor. Many folks have made that into the shape of the cross. With God and with neighbor. 
Solomon wants this. Solomon, in hearing conversation with God, relates that directly to communion, to service with his neighbor. I think this is the important part of the story. This is important, the important part of the story because as we read the rest of Solomon's reign, we're going to see that amazing things happen. We're also going to see that he makes some mistakes, especially with idol worship. It seems to be a, a tripping point for Solomon. Without this story we might suppose that Solomon did all of these good things by himself. And without this story, we might suppose that Solomon did all the bad that he did of his own regard. But with this story, Solomon's story becomes one about what God is doing. With this story, Solomon's story becomes an embodiment of the Ten Commandments. And with this story, Solomon's story becomes an embodiment of what it looks like to be in communion with God and be in communion with neighbor, even with all of its flaws intact. Because our lives are going to look similar. I don't know that we have any royalty in the room, but if we do, perhaps in that way. But mostly, it's going to be about having incredible things pass through our hands throughout the course of life. Incredible responsibility, incredible power, incredible wealth. Sometimes all at once, but often not. And our story, like Solomon's story, is not about the power that's given to us. And it's not about our own identity because of this power. It is about what God creates out of it. Our communion with God and our communion with neighbor. I'm going to give you a million dollars. Most of you are closer to that point than I am. I'm going to give you a million dollars. What are you going to do with it? Do you want to fix up an old truck? That's not a bad thing. Do you want to give it directly to the poor? Do you want to invest it and maybe make the money work and then give some to the poor, the oppressed, the orphaned and the widow? What do you want to do? It's a telling question. Because it's a question of reality. We often think of it as a question far off. But it's a question of reality. What do you want to do with it? God may not turn to us and say, I will grant you something so clearly as God did with Solomon, but God does turn to us and pour out gift upon gift upon gift. Yes, in money and in property, but especially in our hearts. Especially in the ways that we have been shaped toward one another in community. You have been blessed. You have been given a gift. 
you have been rewarded just as richly as Solomon. This story is not far off and hypothetical. This story is us. The story is you and it's me. What will you do? And how will you rule? How will you hold the authority, the power, the wealth that you have? Spoiler alert. Later on in the story, Solomon will mess up. Like I mentioned, he will struggle with idols. He will struggle with obeying the laws that we have laid out for us in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. He will struggle with so many things. And in fact, he will die a somewhat disgraced king of Israel. That's not my hope for you. But it is a reality that we too will make mistakes. God already knows this. God already knew this. And yet, this very, very wisdom-filled God saw it good and right to give you these gifts anyways, to give you this power, to give you this wealth anyways, to pour out on you things that were meant to be shared with all of God's people. And so, when you feel tension inside of you between the work that God wants you to do and the things you see your hands doing, know that there is love nonetheless. And when you feel tension inside of you between the things you wish you could do and the things you just fail at, know that there is love nonetheless. And when your story looks just super messy and not quite as clean cut as Solomon's, know there is love nonetheless. There is pressure and weight in this story. But there is also love and grace. God be with you in that pressure and weight. God be with you in love and grace. God be with you as gifts are poured out on you just like they were for Solomon. Thanks be to God. Amen.